should we blindly <coughs> trust in God? And what does it mean to trust in God? So the Torah and our scriptures tell us many, many times about the importance of placing our trust in God. That we should always trust God, never trust anybody else. Yeshayahu, the prophet Isaiah says, Arur hagever ba'adam. Cursed is the person who places his trust in man. And then he continues and he says, Baruch hagever Blessed is the man that places his trust in God. Sorry, Baruch hagever Blessed is the man who traces places his trust in God. And um, we're told this throughout, that a person never trusts anybody else, always trust God, rely on God, and He will take care of you. This is already mentioned in the Torah multiple times. You can rely on God, you can trust in God, and do not place your trust in men, don't place your trust in other people, in other nations, in organizations, in institutions, Place in yourself, place your trust in God. In Psalms, we have a powerful line that says, Hashlech el Hashem Yahavacha, throw all your needs to God, and He will take care of you. So don't worry about anything. Throw everything to God, God will take care of you. In other words, a Jew in every single situation. No matter where they are, what they need, what they expect, no matter how difficult it is, don't rely on anyone, don't rely on yourself, don't rely on any institution, on any organization, on any nation, on any government, only rely on God and trust in God, God will take care of you. Now, this kind of life, the Hebrew term for trust is bitachon, bitachon is the, um, so means security, but it means trust. And um, it's a term that we use to always trust in God. And we have many books that have been written about bitachon, about trust in God. Perhaps the most famous one is Shar HaBitachon, the gate of trust of, from Chovat HaLevavot, from um, the duties of the heart. And um, it speaks in detail about the importance of trust. Many of our great scholars wrote books on this subject of the importance of trusting in God and how one should live their life trusting in God. Now, it's not easy to place all your trust in God. But when you do place your trust in God, life does become very easy because you have nothing to worry about. You let God do all the worrying for you. They say that in the town of Chelm, they used to, everyone used to worry a lot. This person was worried about this, that person was worried about that. It was a Jewish town. So as you can imagine, they were worrying a lot. And so one time they had a town meeting and they dis- discussed this problem. Everyone's worrying too much. And they decided there was one poor man, one beggar, whose name was Yossel, 
and they said they will have Yosel the beggar, they will hire him to worry for everybody else, and they will pay him one ruble a week in order to hire, in order to um, worry for everybody else. Until the wise man of Chelm said, if Yosel's getting paid one ruble a week, he'll have nothing to worry about anymore. <laughs> so... So we Jews tend to worry, but if we could live a life of bitachon, of trust in God, then God does all the worrying for you. You have nothing to ever worry about. And while many people are stressed um, when you face face with a challenge, when unsure of what will happen, when there's something specific, you have reason to worry. However, if you and many people worry for all sorts of different things, Many people are struggling with anxieties and stresses and are always stressed out. If you place your trust in God, you live a calm life, a stress-free, worry-free life. You have nothing to worry about because you know that you rely on God for everything. Everything is taken care of. You are in good hands. Now, there are a number of problems with this concept of trusting in God or the concept of bitachon. But I'd like to address two specific issues that we face when wanting to trust in God. We have two problems. Firstly, if can a person truly rely on God, sit with folded arms, sit back, let God do all the heavy lifting. Don't have to do anything. Just sit back and let God everything, do everything for you. While that sounds great, it doesn't sound very realistic. Is that really possible? Does that really work? Yes. Is that what God wants of us? Yes. That we just sit back, we go to the beach, and let God take care of everything. Second question. Well, I'm going to get to that question in a moment. Put it on hold. A second question that we worry about, a second question that we have about trust in God is, does it always work if you trust in God? Will only good things happen? After all, everybody has some bad everybody has some bad things happening to them over their lifetime. Um, people that trust in God completely, will they have nothing bad happening to them whatsoever? Will they only have good? Is that even possible? Does that even exist? So does trusting in God really work? Does that mean that nothing bad is going to happen if you trust in God? So I'm going to, those are two big questions that I know I decided to ask before everybody else asks them. I'm going to hold on to those questions. I'm going to get to them in a moment. Firstly, can we really rely on God and sit with folded arms and get, let God do all the heavy lifting? Um, does that really work like that? And secondly, it doesn't seem to work to always trust in God because sometimes God doesn't come through. So hold on to those questions. I'm going to get to those in a moment. 
Any other questions that we have on trust? Yes, Sam. Yeah, yes, the definition. Because it seems to me like we trust you to give us an interpretation of the Torah, so we have that trust. Are you using trust synonymously with faith? Faith in God. Total belief in God. Faith means that you believe that God is there. We're going to talk about certain other details of our belief in God soon. Trust means you trust that God is taking care of everything. You have nothing to worry about because you're relying on God. You're in good hands. Yes. In every dollar bill to hundred dollar bill in this Christian nation that we live in, this Protestant nation, it says, in God we trust. So it's beyond us. Yes, it's on our $1 bills. Yes. And it's on our $100 bills as well. All our bills have been got. Very good point. And it's an excellent thing to remember. We trust in God, not in the greenbacks, right? That's what they want to remind you, right? I guess so, whatever. But there's one point here, though. We live in a state that does not in any religion. Our constitution is the law. Majority of people in the country are Christian. We don't live in a Christian nation. We do live so in a Christian So I think nation. we're getting into. No, we we're going to ask Lewis and, and anyone who says it. Lewis and Stewart. So there's, there's room for debate about our First Amendment and the place of church and state. It's beyond the scope of this class. So we're going we're gonna to leave this for another time. So can I ask you a question? Yes. So if you believe in God, first of all, you have to. You can't just sit back. You have to do what's necessary. That was the question we just asked. I'm going to get there. Okay, but if uh, really bad things happen to you or somebody you love and you're praying and the worst ends up, it ends up in the worst situation, then you have to change your thought of helping you to, oh, well, that's what God wanted. Well, that was our second question. It doesn't always seem to work. So you just brought up both questions that I just asked. <laughs> Firstly... Can we sit with folded arms and let God do everything um, and not do anything ourselves? Secondly, it doesn't always seem to work. Sometimes bad things happen. So before we get to those big questions, let's first explain a little bit about the Jewish belief that we should rely on God. What exactly do we mean by that? So firstly, a couple basic beliefs in Judaism. This is faith. This is what we believe in Judaism. Um, most of this we don't, is not what we could call blind faith. In other words, we think it's sensible. It's not something we're just taken on someone's word. Uh, I'm not going to go through, in the, through the detailed arguments of these beliefs because they're a subject for another class. But let me just touch on some basic Jewish beliefs. Firstly, we believe that God created the world and everything in it was created by God. All the rules of creation, the rules of physics and everything was created by God. That is a basic Jewish belief. We also further believe that God, even after creation, God is aware of every single detail in creation. He knows everything that is happening. God is aware of everything that happens. Not only is God aware of everything that happens, God takes interest and cares about every single detail and every single thing that happens within his creation. So he didn't just create it and walk away, but God is aware of what's happening 
And God, we believe, takes interest in every single detail of creation. We further believe that God not only knows what's happening and cares about what's happening, but God is also in absolute control of what happens. Nothing, and this is a basic fundamental Jewish belief, nothing in this world happens without God willing it or God allowing it. Nothing happens without God wanting it. God is in absolute control of everything. God has the ability to both change the rules of nature when He so wishes, and has done so before. He did so during the Exodus. He did so as we traveled through the desert, and did so at other once-in-a-while rare moments in history. God changes the laws of nature rarely, but has the ability to do so in, at any moment. And furthermore, God has the power without changing any rules of nature or any laws of physics. God has the power to manipulate nature and manipulate our world without breaking any rules in order to make sure that whatever He wants will happen. So God is in absolute control of every single thing that happens. Nothing can happen without God okaying it. He's aware of everything happening, cares about everything happening, and controls every single thing that is happening. We further believe that God not only takes interest in everything and is in control, but God is concerned for us and cares for all of His creations and only wants good for His creations. God is what we call Teva Tov, the ultimate good, and God wants to do good to His creations. So these are our basic beliefs. God is aware of everything happening, He takes interest in everything that's happening, controls everything that's happening and cares for all of creation and wants only good for all of creation. Yes, Debbie? So, what about the Holocaust? That is a very good question. How did bad things happen? That was the second of the two questions that we're going to get to. So, based on these beliefs, based on these beliefs, we believe that God is in control of everything. Nothing happens without God. God essentially makes everything happen. God makes plants grow. God makes the um, wind blow. God makes the earthquakes. God has some control over people's decisions. How that works with freedom. With Free choice is a subject of its own. A class that we did some time ago. God controls people's decisions. God controls the stock market, whether it goes up or down. Not, not the president or the Congress of the United States. And God, God controls the economy. God controls our businesses. God controls our health. God controls, at least to a large extent, our relationships, our friendships, and all the other relevant details in our life. God is aware of it. God cares about these details. 
God is in control of all these things, and God is able to manipulate it at will. Yes, Tom. So, we have we are facing some kind of climate change, which we would have to anticipate is God's will. So, by and large, we shouldn't worry. And the people that are all worried about it are all the secularists who don't have their faith in God that he'll take care of it. I wish that would be true, that people that believe in God never worry. Unfortunately, I know many people who believe in God that still struggle with, they have faith, but they struggle with bitachon, with trust. Because trust is a lot harder than faith. So, given that we believe God is in control of everything and cares for us, so therefore we are told, the Torah tells us, and our prophets tell us, and our sages tell us, and it's a basic concept in Judaism, we should never worry about everything, anything. God is in control of everything. God is taking care of everything. It is all in God's hand. God is worried, worrying about everything for us. We have nothing to worry about, nothing to be afraid of, nothing to be concerned of. God is taking care of everything. Yet, it should be clear that even though God cares for us and wants only our best and is ultimately in control of what happens to us, God will not help us, generally, unless we do our part. The way our sages put it is, we must make a vessel for God's blessing. We must create the circumstances in our own lives to allow for God's blessing. And there are a few parts to this creating the circumstances, or creating the vessel. Firstly, we must physically work hard in order to ensure that we create the physical circumstances to allow for God's blessings to flow to us. And that's not because God needs our input. If God wishes, God can give us blessings without that, without us doing any work, without us lifting a finger. However, God wants us to do our part for two very important reasons. Firstly, as we mentioned earlier, God doesn't want to break the rules of nature. He rarely totally breaks the rules of nature. And God also doesn't like to even manipulate nature unnecessarily. So God wants us to do our part. And then when we create within our world the circumstances that will allow us to succeed in whatever way it may be, God will then come through and help us succeed. Secondly, furthermore, if we received what we needed without putting in any effort, life would be very boring. And what we got, we would have no part in. We would take no credit for. We would would not have any value for us because we didn't work hard. It's like winning a lottery. The money you get has no, most people spend it straight away. It has no value. People that receive large inheritances, 
they usually end up squandering them because it has no value. They didn't work for it. God wants us generally, with some exceptions, to work for what we get, not to get it for free so that we vow both to, to allow him not to break the rules of nature, as well as so that we should be able to we should be able to appreciate what we have. We put in hard work for it. Not only do we need to physically work hard for God's blessings, we also need to take spiritual actions to get God's blessings. Firstly, we have to follow God's commandments, mitzvot, in order to create a spiritual vehicle for God's blessings, as well as God wants us to turn to Him and ask Him for those blessings. And that's what we do with prayer. We turn to God and we say, God, we need this and this. Can you give this to us? Now, God could give it to us without us asking. After all, God knows what we need. He doesn't need us to ask it. But we turn to God in prayer because God is waiting for us to request it. He wants us to share with Him what we want. He wants us to express it to Him, to build a relationship. So therefore, yes, God can take care of us without us lifting a finger. However, God wants us to firstly work physically hard or mentally hard, to work hard um, in order to succeed. And so, uh, for both, so that to create the natural means for him to give us a blessing, and so that we should appreciate what we get. And secondly, God wants us to make a spiritual vehicle through following his commandments and asking him for help through prayer. For example, somebody's sick. God can make you better without you doing anything. But God doesn't want you to sit back and do nothing. God wants you to take effort, to take steps, to heal yourself. Go to the doctor, take medication, go through the medical procedures that it would take to heal yourself. And even then, only God is able to heal you. Doctors are sometimes very arrogant. But an honest doctor will tell you <coughs> excuse me, that they actually have no power to heal. I have a close friend who is an orthopedic surgeon, who told me that people think that he's amazing. People come with their bones all in pieces, and he puts them back together. People come with, you know, they're a mess, and he's able to put it back together. But he said the truth is, he doesn't do any of that. All he's able to do is set the bones in place. He can't stick bones together. He sets bones in place and then prays that God makes the bones stick together. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So doctors don't have the power to heal. God heals. Doctors create the vehicle to allow God to heal. God wants us to go through the effort um, to create that vehicle. But that's not enough. We also have to do another mitzvah to create a vehicle for God's healing and turn to God in prayer and ask God to heal us. And with that, we create the vehicle for God to um, help us. However, we have to always remember that when we are helped, it is not our hard work that brought about that blessing. It is God who brought about that blessing. 
after our hard work. We should therefore never take credit for our successes and never blame ourselves for our failures when we did our part. If we didn't do our part, if we were lazy, yes, we should blame ourselves for our failures. But if we did our best um, and we gave it all we got, then, as, then we shouldn't blame ourselves for failures nor take credit for God's successes since it was all God's doing. The Torah warns us. It's, it's a very common problem. People are very successful and they think that it is because they were so smart or worked so hard that they were successful. But what they forget is that there are a lot of people just as smart, working just as hard, who may not be as successful. So it's not because of them that they're successful. It's because of God that you are successful. A person doesn't make themselves successful. And the evidence is... Most people are only success, most successful people are only successful for a small portion of their life. They have a couple years of success, great success, and they peak at a certain point, and then they don't see success again. Einstein peaked when he was in his tw early 20s. He came up with a bunch of amazing theories, and after that, he didn't do much of value for the rest of his life. So, yes, Bart. Yeah, uh, the two differences between the successful person and the unsuccessful, what about the idea of luck? Well, God. We call it God. God. God, right. So a lot of very successful people are only successful for a short period of their lifetime, not for their entire life. Does that mean they're less smart or less hardworking? It's all in God's hand. But knowing that all our blessings come from God, that shows us there's no value in overworking and hurting ourselves. You don't get anything more. We need to do our best and leave the rest to God. Do your part and let God take care of the rest. Or as the Talmud says to the farmer, you plant, will it grow? It's up to God. There's no way you'll know. You have no control. You do your part. Let God do the rest. You do your best. Then you've got to give it over to God. There's no point overworking, working that extra hour in the office. They tell about the um, altar, the first Chabad Rebbe, once saw someone running. And he asked him, where are you running? And he said, I'm running to make a few dollars. So the Rebbe said, how do you know that your money is in that direction and you're running towards it? Maybe your money's in the other direction and you're running away from it. So ultimately we do our best, but it's ultimately up to God. So we have to be very well aware of that. When our work or our health or anything else we're trying to succeed in conflicts with something else that God asked of us, mitzvot or taking care of our family, or other important things in life, then making the, uh, doing more work is counterproductive. It is not going to help you. Think of a person who is, has a client, and he has an amazing idea for their client's success, but the client rejects their idea. 
If the person goes ahead with their idea for the client, acting on behalf of the client, that the client rejected, what's going to happen? The client is going to fire them. The client's going to fire them and they'll end up getting nothing. You need to follow what your client tells you to do in order to have any chance of success. God is our biggest employer. God is our greatest customer. If really everything we get is coming from God. So we'll only succeed as much as we do what God wants. If that work will conflict with what God wants, we won't see any success. If somebody has a challenge to work on Shabbat, for example, and it conflicts with what God wants, they won't succeed from it because the blessings are coming from God. Or if somebody offers you a deal that is not exactly ethical, it may seem like you can succeed from it, but ultimately you're going against what your employer wants. You're going against what your biggest customer wants, what God wants. You're not going to succeed that way. So in the same way, we'll only succeed if we do what God wants. And so it doesn't help to go against what God wants. It doesn't help to transgress God's commandments, to act unethically, to overwork. None of those things help. It's not going to add anything to our success whatsoever. Furthermore, when a person faces a challenge where they don't have the ability to overcome it, they don't have the ability to do anything about it, something that's out of that, their control, and that happens all the time, we face challenges that are not necessarily in our control, don't worry about it. It's not your problem. You did your part. You made your vehicle. You can pray to God. But God's in charge anyway. There's nothing more that you can do. The great Jewish king, Chizkiyahu Hezekiah, um, was faced a battle against the great Assyrian Empire, greatest empire of his day. He was facing 185,000 officers, probably larger than the entire population of his city, Jerusalem. And um, he had a problem. Firstly, he was greatly outnumbered, and his city was besieged. He also had another problem. He was deathly ill in bed. He could not get out of bed. How could he lead his army to battle without being able to get out of bed? So he turned to God and he said, God, I would normally do my part. I would lead my armies into battle and hope for the best. But I can't even do that because I'm sick in bed. I can't get out of bed. So you know what, God? You take care of it. And indeed, God did. God took care of it and he won and he didn't have to worry about it. So when we're in a situation where we did our best, there is nothing, we cannot control the situation, don't worry about it. Pray to God, let God take care of it. It's all his problem. Yes? The concept of God's will versus my will. How do we know when we're in harmony? How do you know what God wants? That is a very good question. How do we know what God wants? So God gave us a manual. We call it the Torah, which gives us all the instructions. <laughs> so, if we do rely on God, and we can always trust in God, why then sometimes do some things not work out? Sometimes some people are sick and they get sicker. 
Sometimes they die. Some people lose their jobs. Sometimes the business goes bad, goes under, you go bankrupt. Um, the truth is we ultimately don't know why God makes bad things happen. We know God makes bad things happen. We know some people succeed, some people don't. Some get sick, some don't. Some die young, some don't. Some suffer, some don't. Some have successful marriages, some don't. Um, so sometimes it's a result of our own failures and bad decisions. More often, or very often, we do our best. It was something beyond our control. And yet, we didn't succeed. God did not pull through. We may have trusted in God, but God doesn't pull through. So we do know and we do believe that God is responsible for people's suffering. We don't ultimately know why God makes people suffer. We do not know the reason why. We further believe that we can never know why God makes people suffer. God did not give humans the ability to ever figure out suffering. At least not till the end of times when Moshiach comes. Isaiah says, then we will finally understand suffering. So we don't know why. We have some explanations. All of our explanations are inadequate. We do know, for example, that God doesn't want all people to be equal. The Talmud says that God could have made everybody equal where there were no poor people, no rich people, no poor people, everybody equal, the perfect communist society. But, but it's not possible. Why not? Why is it not possible? Why do we need some people to have and some people not to have? The Talmud says because otherwise there'd be no charity. If everybody had the same, besides you can imagine how boring and drab life would be, but... Um, there would be no charity. There would be no giving. If one person didn't have more than somebody else, if one person didn't have more than somebody else, there'd be no, no one to give. There'd be no one to help. Imagine how cold our society would be then. Therefore, some people need to have, some people don't have. It still doesn't explain all suffering, and it still doesn't answer the question, why me? If I understand that some people need to have and some people don't have, I would prefer to be one of those that have and let somebody else be one of those that don't have. So we don't ultimately know that the answer to that question. Um, but we do believe that ultimately everything that God does is good. Sometimes we get to see, and very often actually in life, more often than we pay attention to, something that we thought was bad turned out to be best. The relationship that went sour was actually good because we got into a much better relationship. The job that we were that we were shocked to be fired from was actually good because we got a much much better job. The business that went under was actually good because we built a better business. Or sometimes it's not as direct. Sometimes the job we got fired from was actually good because as a result we found relationship or something else along those lines. Some, often we see that in life. Most of us in our own lives have those kind of stories where something that we thought was bad at the time turned out actually to be something positive over the long run. However, while that's true often, it's not true always. 
definitely not true for people who suffered greatly, for people who died for no reason, died young. Um, definitely it's not true. Some people get fired and never find the job again. So it definitely is not always true for everyone all the time. We do believe that God has a reason for everything, reasons that are sometimes beyond human comprehension, something that we can never understand. But knowing that it is God who's in control and God who chose not to give us what we want or what we feel we need is also comforting. After all, it's God's decision, not ours. If we're sick, we know God may choose not to heal us. We, we trust, hope, hope that he will choose to heal us. But ultimately, it's God's decision, not ours. So there is nothing to worry about. Don't blame yourself for your failures or be scared of the bad that might come our way. Because ultimately, it's up to God. It's not up to us. Rather, throw all your worries to God. Hashlech el Hashem let God take care of all your problems. It's His concern. We do our part. He'll decide how things end up. We hope for the best. It's ultimately up to God. Now the That's truth is, <laughs> the truth is that this goes really a step further. Rather than just relying on God, knowing that God is in control and that ultimately whatever God does, He has His reasons for we also believe further that when we have our expectations are a big part in determining what ultimately happened. Our sages say about our forefather Jacob, it says, Vayira Yaakov Ma'od. Jacob was afraid of his brother Esau who was going to attack him. And our sages say that because Esau, Jacob was afraid of Esau, therefore Jacob was punished. Because of his fear, he should not have been afraid of Esau. Similarly, Moses, after he killed an Egyptian, it says Moses was afraid that he would be caught and tried, for he killed an Egyptian who was killing a Jew. He would be caught and tried for killing an Egyptian. And again, Moses was punished for being afraid. Because, now how can you blame them? They were really afraid. But... While on the one hand we have to do our part, we have to make the vehicle do our, the most that we can to protect ourselves, and both Jacob and Moses did, we also should be confident that things will turn out okay. For Moses and Jacob, and both, for both of them it did turn out okay. Why? We believe that God responds to us based on our expectations. That means when we expect the best to happen, when we expect good results then good will more likely happen. When we have negative expectations or we're afraid, then we're more likely to experience our negative expectations. Now clearly this does not work all the time. Clearly there are people who hold out great hope and still whatever they wanted did not happen. It doesn't work all the time, but we believe that our expectations are a great factor in God deciding on what happens to us. And so therefore we should always hold out hope. We should always think good and it would be good. That was a, a term that the Rebbe would repeat to everyone who would worry. God, the Rebbe would always tell them, think good and it will be good. 
think positive and it will make the outcome more likely positive. We have nothing to lose by expecting the best. You have a lot to gain by expecting the best. So expect the best. People are afraid of disappointment. If you're disappointed, you'll deal with it then. Don't worry about it. Only expect the best. If you expect the best, you have much to gain. Firstly, you won't worry. You'll feel better about yourself now. We believe that it helps give you a better outcome. And... Um, you, you, will, you will only gain by expecting the best. You have nothing to lose. So living a life of trusting in God is very, very difficult. As we mentioned earlier, people of great faith struggle with trust, with bitachon. It's very difficult, but it's extremely rewarding. Once you have the trust, life becomes easy. More than any other problems, we struggle with worry. So many people, especially today, where we're more successful and wealthier and, and better off than any people at any time in history, we're struggling more than anyone with anxieties and stress. Almost everyone is suffering, not because of the present, but because of the future. They're worried about what will be. So often, I always get called when people lose their jobs. I don't know why, but... People lose their jobs. And their concern is rarely how will I get through these next few weeks, months until I find a new job. Usually the concern is how will I find a new job. They're not concerned about the present. Usually the concern is what will be in the future. A person who's sick more than the suffering of the illness itself and the pain that it causes, is often, how will it end? Will I get better? Most of our suffering is not from the present. Most of our suffering is the fear of the unknown. For somebody who has lost their job, or their business is at a difficult point, think, a year from now, everything is perfect, I'm back on my feet. I have a new job. My business is back up. Everything is fine. I'll look back at this time. It was just a little, a little, little blimp, a little bump in the road. That's it. There wasn't much to it. Think. Don't worry. Everything will be okay. These few difficult weeks, months, I'll get past it. God will take care of it. It's all in God's hand. A person is sick. Think. A year from now, I'll be healthy, well, or better, everything will be fine. I'll look back at this. It was a difficult moment, but something that I got past. Our biggest concern is the concern of what will be. A concern for the future. So, throw all your worries to God. God has total control over everything anyway. Don't worry about it. Let God take care of everything. We need to work hard. We need to work very hard and do our best, not overwork, but work hard and do our best to fix our situation. But don't, and work on the present. But don't worry about how it will end. Today, there are countless industries built on guaranteeing you security. There's businesses trying to guarantee you financial security. 
Businesses trying to guarantee you emotional security. Business trying to give you health guarantees. You take this, you will be guaranteed health for life. And, or you um, exercise and go on this diet guaranteed. Unfortunately, the reason why these people are making so much money is they're preying on everyone's fears. Everyone's worried. Everyone's worried about the future. Everyone's worried about everything that's going to happen to them. The reality is there are no guarantees in life. Do not rely on anything. You cannot rely on people. You cannot rely on... Um, you cannot rely on things, on medications, on foods, on exercise, on organizations, on governments. You cannot rely on anything. All that you can rely on is God. God is your best guarantee. He is in total control. We rely only on, we rely only on God. There was a fellow who was once asked by a rabbi, he was asked, uh, he had a large sum of money, he was asked, what are you going to do with that money? He said, I have an investor who is going to invest it in a very secure investment. And um, the rabbi told him, you know, I have a much better investment for you. Give it to tzedakah, guaranteed you'll never lose it. <laughs> and indeed, so it happened, he invested it in a secure investment, and someone in this community who had all their investments, uh, invest, oh, most of their money tied up, diversified through a um, fund um, out in, on the East Coast, led by a fellow called Bernie Madoff, yeah. and that was very secure, and um, there it went. And how many, other of, uh, how many others have had their things happen, unpredictable, nobody knows what's going to happen, so don't worry about it. Let God, don't worry about all the other guarantees. Not that you shouldn't save for the future. You should save for the future. Not that you shouldn't, um, not that you shouldn't plan. You should plan. But remember, all these plans and your financial advisor, they really don't know. They actually make you sign the disclaimer that we always ignore that they really don't know. And they really don't know. The doctors also make you sign the disclaimer that they really don't know. And they really don't know. And nobody is able to guarantee you anything. So don't worry about it. Let God take care of everything. You do your part. Create the vehicle. But rely on God. Let God take care of everything. Throw all your worries to Him. Be confident with the positive expectations. Always hope for the best. Because that, as we said, is more likely to give you good results. So hope for the best. Do your part. Turn to God. God is the best security. God is the best financial security, health security, relationship security, emotional security. Rely on God. Do everything else. But don't put too much effort into it. Don't put too much reliance on it. And definitely don't worry God will take care of everything.